We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Raptors Nation podcast. I am your host, Sean Davis, joined by, as always, Luke Rizzano. Before we get started, guys, a quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Raptors Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Go check out the Raptors Nation podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Interview is the easiest way to help out the pod. Luca, welcome back on, man. I'm glad to be able to talk Raptors basketball with you. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be back on, and it's great to look at the Raptors' record, and they are currently 4-3 and three at the time of us recording this podcast. Uh, they'll be taking on the San Antonio Spurs next, who have been a pleasant surprise of their own. But we talked so much about the Raptors' start to the season, the gauntlet that was to come, taking on seven playoff-caliber teams, and the Raptors getting it done, going through these teams. I mean, you can make a case that they could, you know, have five wins if you go back to that Brooklyn game of the second uh, game of the season. Uh, I would love to have that one back, but all in all, all in all, Sean, I'm feeling uh, very confident. I'm feeling very good about the start to the season thus far. I mean, the Raptors were able to beat the Cavaliers, that same Cavs team at the time of this recording, five and one, just behind the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. They lost against the Nets. Like I said, was disappointing considering what's going on in Brooklyn right now were able to, or they lost against uh, the Heat once again, but then were able to come back with two solid wins against the Heat, the Sixers. They lost against the Sixers with Joel Embiid, which was a disappointing loss. And then they just throttled the Hawks in the most impressive win of the season. They beat the Hawks, and I mean beat them by 30 points. So in hindsight, I'm taking this 4-3 and three start. Like I said, I would love to have the Brooklyn game back and also the Sixers game as well. But, I mean, Maxi played his uh, behind off. So I guess you got to give the Sixers that win, but uh, yeah, I'll take four wins after the seven game stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, whenever you have a gauntlet like this, man, you, you want to try to just find wins where you can. And this team, I feel like I feel a little bit better that I initially felt about this Raptors team, Luca heading into the season. We're going to dive into it all, but uh, let's talk about it. So what was like the, it was there anything Luca throughout the first seven games that, you were wanting to see that you were expecting or you, you were looking for heading into the season that just what hasn't been there yet so far. If I'm gonna state, been, that's good too. Yeah, I, I'm going to state something that's, I, I, I guess, the obvious, but it's something that I was closely monitoring going into the season. That is the play of Pascal Siakam. We saw how well Siakam played to close out last season going into the postseason. 
He made those remarks before the season, which we talked about on the show, about how he wants to be a top five player. And I said coming in, Siakam needed to play like an all-star caliber, MVP caliber player for the Raptors to really stand out in a crowded Eastern Conference. And so far, he is looking like the part. I mean, we're only seven games into the season, but Pascal Siakam is playing like that MVP caliber player. He has been bringing it every single night. It's the consistency for me, averaging 26.1 points, 9.6 rebounds. He's already got a multiple 30-plus point performances. A triple-double. He has double. been a triple-double. He's been doing it all. He's been getting to the line, which is great to see. He made 13 to 16 free throws in that one against the Hawks. And that was the one thing that I wanted to see him uh, do more of, and that is actually hit free throws. And it's great to see him coming into his own with that. So Siakam's really thriving in this you know new season and, and really as being the guy on this team and you could just tell his confidence is growing every single game he's not getting off the slow starts the game starts Siakam's in a groove and it's just carrying throughout and it's just resonating with the other guys on this team so I've loved what I've seen uh, from Pascal Siakam and then just another quick uh, note here before I uh, throw back to you it's just realizing that the Raptors' strength is their numbers. You know, I've talked about this so many times before, but the Raptors have five different guys who can go off on every single night. They got five legitimate starters, and we've seen that come to play already. You know, guys scoring 15-plus points, whether it's Siakam one night exploding, uh, Scotty Barnes showing his three ball in the last game, hitting five threes. Five standout performance whether it's Gary Trent Jr. chiming in OG doing his thing yet six steals the other game by the way and then Fred Van Vliet we'll get to more uh, about him later on but this these Raptors starters are, are really going to be the difference I think down the stretch they don't have just you know one quote-unquote superstar although Siakam is trying to become that they got multiple guys who could play at a high level and like we talked about before if you just get like consistent production from like two of these guys, the rest is gravy. And we've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, about Pascal Siakam, I, I said this heading into the season. And I said, you look at the teams in the East, you look at Brooklyn, you look at Atlanta, um, Philly, try to find another one, another good example. Uh, Boston, to a certain extent, those teams got a lot better based off the acquisitions they made coming into the season, or at least we thought, especially in Brooklyn's case. Um, Toronto's got to get a lot better from, like, player development, like, guys getting better from within. And, man, like, Pascal seems, like, to have hit another gear. I'm not going to say he's a top-five player, but, man, he's playing at an MVP caliber level through five, uh, through uh, seven games, excuse me. Again, coming off a, a multiple, he's had multiple 30-point outings double-doubles, a triple-double in the second game of the year against Brooklyn, and just how not easy it is for him now, but, like, how he's able to get to his spots and how I feel like his familiarity now with Nick Nurse and being the, the real number one option and the real go-to threat down the stretch. But like you said, Luca, you know, Gary Trent Jr., who I pegged as a breakout candidate, and I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in, in uh, Gary Trent Jr., but the biggest thing I was kind of looking forward to potentially saying was, you know, Gary Trent Jr. maybe being a little bit more efficient, right? He's and so far he's, he's been the same Gary Trent Jr., which I mean, if this is who he is for his entire career, then I mean obviously he lived with it. But personally, I was kind of hoping that we get another 
another tick up. He's still only 23, so I mean, it's and it's only still seven games into the year, but he's shooting a little bit, uh, a little bit under 44% from the field. Three point efficiency, it's great. He's under 39%, but um, personally from the field, I was hoping we get a little bit more efficient play out of him. But he's averaging 19.4 points a game, uh, double figures every single game of the year. Um, and then guys like OG and Anobi, who I mean, I don't know how somebody can like not have him an all NBA defensive player right now. Um, especially when the season is over, assuming he keeps his pace up, or at least something near this pace, because this is incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I personally feel a lot better about this team right now through seven than I did heading into the season, Luca, which I guess is a good thing, but I think a large part of that is the play of a guy like a Pascal Siakam. Oh, same with me. And I mean, you're looking at the teams that they beat. You're looking at the gauntlet in which they just went through. These are very good teams. Now, obviously, teams like Brooklyn um, and Miami, their records right now aren't the greatest. But by the end of the season, these teams are still, in my opinion, going to be teams that are going to be battling hard. And we talked about this Hawks team at length. And I actually got to give you a, a bit of a shout out here because you said it from day one that you're not a fan of this Hawks team. And who knows? Maybe this Hawks team can turn it around and end up being a legitimate title contender by the end of the season. But like the Raptors literally throttled a very hot Hawks team that came into this one feeling good about themselves, playing in some tough one, right? Yeah. And, and the Raptors literally did that to them where this was a no doubt about it. No uh, um, doubt about it. You know, they win and that's it. They just took care of their business and they literally put DeJounte Murray and Trey Young in hell. I mean, we talk about OG Ananobi, all defensive player, all defensive team. I mean, he literally just had a masterful performance defensively. How about Scotty Barnes taking over for Fred Van Vliet, which actually I want to get your thoughts on. Not all, only doing a magnificent job with the point guard duties, getting his teammates involved, able to find his offense, a career-high five three-pointers made, and then also having the tough task of guarding Trey Young, who, by the way, Trey Young, going into that Raptors game, was averaging ridiculous numbers over his last three. He comes into this one, struggles. I think he shot something like three of 13 from the field. He had 10 turnovers, and Scotty Barnes literally just had – an amazing standout game at that point guard position. Because I think if there's one thing that we can agree on, and maybe you'll disagree here, I'm not going to call it a negative, but I guess uh, something that you didn't really expect is the uh, inefficient and poor play of Fred Van Vliet. Last game against the Sixers, Fred Van Vliet had his worst game as a pro. He was something like 0 of 11 from the field, only had one point courtesy of the free throw line. Fred has looked off this season from an overall perspective. He saddled the game against the Hawks with some uh, lower back tightness. And then Hugh Scotty Barnes taking over the point guard duties. And he looks great to the point where fans are saying, damn, we got to see Scotty run more of the point. <laughs> yeah, not even. And, and that's kind of been my point, pun intended. Um, but like, Coming into the season, I was like, okay, how do you fix the Raptors offense, which has been a lot better? One of the biggest things they said was give the ball to Scotty Barnes. And uh, you, you see it, the, the playmaking ability and the ability to also just go put the ball in the basket too. Um, I, I think Fred will get out of the slump or out of the poor you know, scoring performances that he's had. His season high is 24 points, but that was on 6 of 16 shooting. He did get to the line at a, at a nice rate, but, you know, He's only shooting 35% from the field this season. He's not getting to the line efficiently. Now, he's doing a great job distributing. Like, he has 
three games, I'm sorry, four games over eight assists. Eight assists are more. He's, he's had a 10 assist game this year. But from the scoring standpoint, um, I think he'll get out of this slump. But yeah, I mean, yes, the more Scotty Barnes as, as the primary ball handler, please. Yes, yes, more of it. Give me all of it. And I think that's actually a good point about Van Vliet. I've also noticed that about him this season. He's been more of a distributor versus trying to chuck up shots. And I know, like yeah. you said, some of those stat lines, he has had very poor games from the field. But I like how he is trying to find his teammates because the old Freddie would be in a slump and he would just keep chucking up shots. So I got to give him some credit. We've seen in a couple of games this season thus far that he will – revert to the hot hand he will try to find guys like Siakam Gary Trent Jr as opposed to just trying to make something happen himself and I think that's a very big component um that we've seen from Fred Van Vliet him being more of a point guard first and not a shooting guard and yeah I mean going back to your point about Scotty Barnes I would love to put the ball in Scotty Barnes's hands more even when Van Vliet is back healthy and playing the point because Scotty Barnes just looks so comfortable with it there was one three in particular man he just completely diced up the defender I forgot who was guarding him but then yeah, you know, know hits the that. three right after then comes back hits a, a pull-up three hit three straight three-pointers at one point in the first quarter like he was just cooking yeah. and even when he had the ball in the fast break it was like, you know, a go-go-go type of offense. Like, he wasn't looking to slow it down. Like, he was just pushing it, like, high tempo, fast pace, and it really created a lot of offense for the Raptors. Um, what did he finish with? I think uh, eight assists. So, like, yeah, Sc ball in Scotty Barnes's hands. I can live with that. Really, really quick. Um, I, I do want to add something on to your point about Fred Van Bleets and his, his shooting. This is the lowest shot attempts he's put up per game since the title season, where he put up 9.4 uh, attempts per game. Every year since 14.3, 16.7, 16.9. Right now he's at 11.3. Uh, again, the lowest since the title season, uh, the championship season for the Raptors in 18-19. So lowest mark in five years, lowest mark since he's been a consistent starter. Um Definitely something to keep an eye out for, whether it's by design or, you know, whether it's Freddie just deferring more and uh, be more of a playmaker. Although, granted, going on to that, career high in assist uh, at 7.7. 7. 7. So, uh, also career low in turnover. So, there's a lot of good and bad. I feel like when you talk about Fred Bambley, still getting a lot of turn, uh, forcing a lot of turnovers, um, career high in steals, stuff like that. So, I think he might be conserving a lot of his energy to other facets of the game, being more of a distributor, cutting down his turnovers, which never really been a big problem for him anyway. Um, and then, you know, being more of a pass or, or continuing to be a, a pass defensively. Um, but, you know, good and bad with Fred VanVleet, nothing to be overly concerned about, in my opinion. No, and I love how your numbers just backed up everything we just said about him taking a different approach this season. And I really think it's that because, like, even going to the defensive end, he's done a great job with uh you know his defense overall this season he's been you know creating turnovers and there was really just that one game against philly that he literally looked like a shell of himself but overall fred just has this it seems like more of a point point guard uh vibe to him and i can live with that the thing is like people are gonna say oh the raptors are better with old fred van vliet that's completely false i mean fred van vliet when he's 100 percent when he's out there, the Raptors are a much better team. And we saw that in that series against the Sixers when the Raptors fell short. If Fred's out there, he's healthy. I like him being a distributor first, but 
we know he's not going to be in that funk for much longer. We know shoot or shoot, they get out of it. Once that three ball starts to fall, I just look at it as another layer of danger that this Raptors team can offer the opposition. I mean, that's going to be crazy when you got Siaka playing at an all-time high level. Scotty keeps on getting better and growing with confidence. And then Van Vliet not only making things happen, but now he can hit that three along with some of the other things we named. I think the Raptors are only going to get better. And I think like it's a big takeaway that they got through the first seven games of the season with a pretty great showing because things are going to get hopefully a bit easier for them. And I think we're going to start to see in the month of November, Sean, which is going to segue us into their upcoming schedule that I could see this team go on a bit of a run. And what I mean by that is, you know, trickle a couple games over 500, really start to get into the momentum and rhythm of things. And we saw something similar at the start of uh, beginning of this year, um, which was last season when they went on that run, which brought them from like borderline playing team into a top five team in the East. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, before we get into the month of November, I do want to add one final, final thing. And I'm done talking about Fred Van Vliet for a little while on the show. Uh, defensively, this team is a lot better with Fred Van Vliet on the floor. They allow 6.9 less points per possession when Fred Van Vliet is on the floor, and they force 3.6% more turnovers when Fred Van Vliet is on the floor. So, again, good and bad to take away when you talk about Fred Van Vliet. But, yes, let's dive into the month of November they go through a gauntlet of October, start of the season, first seven games that we've documented on end on this podcast. Let's talk about the month of November. That kicks off tomorrow night against the, or tonight rather, at the time of this post, uh, recording being posted, against the San Antonio Spurs. Luca, first off, first impressions on the Spurs matchup, and then uh, the rest of November as we get into that. Well, I, I think the Spurs and the Jazz haven't gotten the memo about tanking. I mean, they have been two pleasant surprises, but I, I think that says a lot about how well coached they are. I mean, teams can have such a poor product on paper, and then they go out there, and once the game begins, like, it, it's hard for them to just surrender and not play hard. And we are seeing that with teams like, I said, the Spurs and the Jazz. So I don't think this is going to be uh, an easy game. I think the Raptors definitely can't look ahead here. They've had success in San Antonio as of late, but this is a Spurs team that's been playing incredibly hard. But I do think the Raptors can take care of business there, especially since they're following up a very, very great performance against the Hawks. Then just looking ahead here against the Mavs, that'll be a tricky game. I, I don't have the Raptors winning that one. Um, then they take on the Bulls at home on Sunday. Another favorable matchup. Bulls don't scare me. I think the Raptors could take care of business, honestly, in that uh what is it, home and home against Chicago. Even if they split that, I'd be happy. And then it gets favorable for the Raptors. This is when they can make that run that I was talking about, about getting a couple games over 500. You got Rockets, who are one of the worst teams right now. Thunder, they've won, actually, I think the last three, and she's been looking good, but still a very winnable game. The Pacers, not scaring anybody. So that's three games you should win. The Pistons have been disappointing. I mean, I called them one of my uh, surprise teams this season and making it to the play and they could still do that. But so far they have not played well. That, that could actually, I was going to say that's another W, but then I remember uh, Dwayne Casey has the Raptors number. So that's probably an L, but then you got the heat who you beat already. You got the Hawks who you just throttled. So in that stretch, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at at least four wins, if not five. And then you got the Nets who are dysfunctional, uh, the Mavs again, but you have them at home this time. So that could be a win. And then the Cavaliers, 
that's probably going to be the toughest game of the month in hindsight. And, and then the Pelicans. So sorry, the Raptors are actually going to have, in my opinion, their two toughest games at the end of the month when they got to go Cavs and Pelicans. But overall, I mean, going through those matchups, there's a lot of dubbies to be had. Yeah. Um, really quickly preparing for the Spurs. So the Spurs, obviously, uh, they are number one in assist. They have over 30 assists per game, which is freaking insane um, for an NBA team to, to have over 30 assists per game. They're also one of the better shooting uh, three-point shooting teams in the NBA, coming in ranking sixth and three-point percentage um, on a – they're not shooting a ton of them. Like, they are – in terms of attempts, they rank uh, – where are they? Crap, see, I lost them. I blame you, Luca. Um, <laughs> I'm no, you I'm up here. I have no idea. And attempts to break eighth, so they actually are shooting a decent amount. Uh, but yeah, they a really good three point shooting team. Um, shout out to Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell, two guys that, especially Keldon Johnson, I thought could be breakout candidates. Um, Keldon Johnson averaging 24 points per game, five rebounds, five, uh, four assists, roughly. You know, having a really, really good year. Um, although he is uh listed as questionable due to calf tightness, so that might be a guy that does not play tomorrow night or tonight. I keep saying tomorrow. Um, against the Spurs, but Luca, San Antonio, go get this win. And like you said, man, like this month could be a like let's just stack up a lot of wins, and then because the month of December is going to get a little tough for you again. You got uh, Brooklyn, I believe, Brooklyn, Boston, the Lakers. Hopefully, that's a tough game <laughs> um, for from you know meaning Lakers are playing well. Uh, Brooklyn again, Golden State at, at some point, Philly, Cleveland, the Clippers, uh, Memphis, Phoenix, like. It's going to get tough again, so you've got to take these games against, you know, lesser opponents very uh, – not I mean, not not taking them lightly and go play them like you're playing in a game seven, basically. And, I mean, that's what the Raptors looked like against the Hawks. Like it was game seven on your home court, and you were not losing. That's what the Raptors played like the other night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And that's what I want to see because the Raptors bring their ammo when they go against the top dogs. But I've seen something with this team where when they take on opponents that they're supposed to beat handedly, they make it difficult. And that comes to mind in a few occasions last season when they should have beaten teams like uh, the Pistons. So I want to see if the Raptors are going to bring that same intensity when they do take on teams like the Pistons again, uh, the Pacers, the Thunder. Because those are, and they lost to the Thunder actually last season. Now that I think about it, 
they those are games you can't take lightly and those are games that you have to take advantage of and i like how you even look at looked ahead to december because yeah if you fool around and mess up and you don't take those games seriously and all of a sudden you drop those games well it's only going to get more difficult to end the year so yeah raptors definitely got to take care of business and uh, i did want to mention one other thing about this team and i guess this stems into like where this team not can improve but can see more production from and it's their bench so i do want to point out that uh, Otto Porter jr will be away due to personal reasons for an extended period of time so that might not seem like it's big but it actually is because i think Otto Porter jr would you know make a big difference on this team especially with a three-point shot i know the raptors have been a tad bit better shooting the three but they could definitely get better in that a uh, lot better record. than the preseason let's just say. a lot better than the preseason exactly um Chris Boucher has actually been really uh, satisfying uh, in terms of in terms of his production since coming back. So I'm okay with that. Precious again, it just comes down to the consistency. I want to see more from him, especially since I dubbed him as my most improved player. But I will give him all of his flowers for that 20 rebound game he had against yeah. the Heat. That was definitely his best game of the season. So I want to see more from Precious. Um, Chris doing his thing. I want to see Otto Porter Jr. in the mix. And another guy I want to see more from is uh, Malachi Flynn. Uh, we talked about this a lot, about this being his last chance, if you will, of proving his worth to the Raptors. And with Fred Van Lee dealing with this back tightness, I don't want to see Fred lock 38 minutes. I mean, that's what his usage is. If you could get that number down a bit, save rest Fred, that would be huge. And in order for you to do that, you're going to have to rely on Delano Banton or Malachi Flynn, and really nobody has really run away with that backup point guard duty role. It's it's just been a matter of who's been better on that night. So I really want to see one of those guys take it upon themselves to really take that onus. And I'm looking at Malachi Flynn in particular. Um, and uh, yeah, overall, I've been very happy with what I've seen from Coloco thus far in his uh, rookie season. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. So thanks for reading my mind. Uh, Christian Coloco, you know, really gaining the trust of Nick Nurse early on, starting in a couple of games and playing decent rotation minutes, um, especially with some of the injuries they are dealing with. Luca, what have been your big takeaways from Chris Coloco logging a season high 21 minutes last night against the Atlanta Hawks, finishing with nine points, five rebounds, and three blocks? Uh, what, what, what have been your thoughts on him so far? Because I think I've been overall rather impressed by his performances. Yeah, I have been. There's still areas where he has to improve, making silly mistakes, silly fouls. But overall, he's been exactly what the Raptors wanted from him and have asked for. Just being that overall rim protector, a guy who's able to block shots, a guy who's able to match up against the uh, opposition's big. And Coloco's been reliable. I think that's the most important thing here with, uh, you know, him coming in, playing some key rotation minutes. Uh, starting yesterday's game with Fred Van Vliet being a late game scratch. He's a guy that has gained the trust of Nick Nurse, and you can see that. He's a very uh, smart player, and if he just limits his mistakes, I think he's going to continue to get a whole lot more playing time. And I think he's just done what he's been asked to do. He's not trying to do too much out there. He knows his role, and uh, yeah, he's been making the most out of his early season opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Another draft hit, you know, I, I liked Coloco coming out. Again, I was pushing more for a guard coming out, I'm not going to lie, for the Raptors that, that with their second-round pick. But so far, this has been a hit, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how he plays and develops in this Raptors developmental system. Um, Luca, my man, before we wrap things up, any closing thoughts or takeaways from these first seven games that we haven't talked about yet? 
Ooh, that we haven't talked about yet. Um, really just, yeah. Like I'm going to just go back to kind of what we talked about going into the season about how this team would fare, uh, in those first seven games. I've been thoroughly impressed. There's obviously been some stretches where you're shaking your head and, and saying we can be a lot better than what we showed. But overall, I think the Raptors have fought hard every single game, which is what you want to see. And this is a team that's going to be a tough out. It doesn't matter who they play against. They're not going to just roll over and give the other team a win. Uh, this is going to be a team that puts their you know best uh, product on the court and, and puts their best effort out there. And uh, yeah, I'm just loving what I've seen again from Siakam who seems like he hit, is hitting another level. How much more can we get from him? How, you know, how much better can he get? And, you know, is that going to linger into the playoffs? I know I'm looking way ahead here, but ultimately that's going to determine to me if Siakam has turned the corner of becoming a superstar player or not is in the playoffs. And that's the thing, like he could play amazingly this season, but I think superstars are determined in the playoffs. That's just playoffs. my own uh, ideology that I have. So I'll save that for then, but that's kind of one storyline I'm going to be following along. And just, yeah, the continued uh, progression of Scotty Barnes. Like, every time I see Scotty play, he's doing something that just continues to add to his aura. Um, not known for being a three-point shooter. was 6 going into uh, the game the other night, and then he hits five threes. So it's like, where did that come from? Um, yeah. it's, it's just been great to watch him. It's been a pleasant surprise. And uh, OG as well. I want to see OG um, really – you know, try to become like more of a reliable offensive uh, option for this team. Yeah. Because we know his defense has been killer. Like, yeah, he's definitely playing uh, all defensive team worthy basketball right now. It's been great to see. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go along with the point you were making about the playoffs because I had a thought in my head about the playoffs. So you're not thinking too far ahead. I know it's November just started, <laughs> but it's never too early. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, Luke, and I'm like, I don't think there's a team that is a bad matchup for the Raptors. I think the Raptors are bad matchups for other teams, which is a very good spot to be in. Like, yeah. you stay here, I'm like, Boston, maybe if they get healthy, but I still like how the Raptors match up with them. I think that's a, in terms of matchups and who makes who uncomfortable, I think that's a fine matchup. Boston's probably the better team as of right now, but um, like, Miami does have enough size as of right now. Um, and the Raptors have all the length. Um, who else would be in contention? Brooklyn, I don't trust. They're an afterthought. No. Philly in a seven-game playoff series, I don't trust. I don't trust no. Doc. Um, and I, I feel like we saw that a little bit last year. Like, Fred doesn't get hurt. Scotty doesn't yeah, get hurt. They win. Some things don't happen. Uh, you know, Philly. Um, I think it's Boston Boston, and, and Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, really. Like, yeah. I know we're really looking ahead here, overreaction. But, yeah, only two teams scare me in a best-of-seven series as of right now, and it'd be the Celtics and the Bucks. Yeah. And, again, like I, tr I, I trust Miami a lot, and I like Miami a lot. I know they're well-coached, but they just don't have size right now. And, unless, yeah. and I, I worry about that offense because in a seven-game playoff series where things tie up defensively, as of right now, unless Jimmy Butler's averaging 40, where's your offense coming from? So what 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 about Cleveland? Because I know Cavs fans are gonna say, Ooh. oh, Darius Garland didn't play in the second half of that game, and it was a really tight game. I, I think I slept on Cleveland because I had them as a seven seed. I'm I'm regretting yeah, that. I think Cleveland's Cleveland. gonna be really good this season. Yeah, you slept on Cleveland a little bit, but Cleveland's another one. I want to say I worry about them. I feel I and I felt this way coming into the season. I feel like the 
Cleveland and the Raptors are on the same playing field yeah. from the standpoint there. You don't want to face them in the playoffs. And if you don't bring your end game, they could come out of the East. Like right now for me, I think the, it's Boston, Milwaukee is the favorites. And then it's Toronto, Cleveland, like maybe throw Miami. Like you don't want to play these guys. They're a hard out. I guess you could throw Philly in there. Hard yeah. out. You don't want to play them. And if you don't bring your A game, they're going to beat you. and They're going to come out of the East. I feel like that's how the East uh, hierarchy goes right now. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I, I, I agree with that hierarchy. I'm, I'm not big on the Hawks. Like we talked at length about um, and then I, I guess just the wild card. I have a soft, you know what it is. I have a soft spot for the Nets. I feel like you have a soft spot for the Heat. Let it go. Let I don't go. think they're going to be good this season. I mean, they'll be good, but I have them in the play-in. But uh, yeah, it, it still kind of uh, pisses me off that the Raptors did lose to the Nets. And you know what's crazy? That was Siakam's best game. He had a triple double, and the Nets still thirty-seven. Yeah. Let, let, let it go, bro. Let it go. Let go. <laughs> go find another team to, to, to sweetheart crush over. <laughs> let go of Brooklyn. Oh, man, they, they don't have your uh, best interest uh, at, at their heart, man. Go, go, go fall in love with somebody else. Yeah, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Nets. Luca is uh, a free agent for teams he thinks can be really, really good. So uh, teams send your applications in, and uh, Luca will, uh, Luca and his team will. Make sure they look through them a lot better than they did with Brooklyn. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all so, so much for tuning into this episode of the Raptors Nation podcast. If you guys are new, please subscribe right here to the Raptors Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Also, make sure you check out the Raptors Nation podcast on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to help out the show. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.